Welcome to our podcast. We're excited to have you join us for this journey. My name is Ann Madison, and I'm the Executive Director of Peace Restored. I'll be your host as we discuss mental health and faith in our podcast, Seeking Healing, Finding Hope, which is a production of Peace Restored, a 501c3 nonprofit located in Indiana and serving women everywhere. I'm so excited about our podcast today. We have an amazing guest, Donna Gibbs, who will be joining us to discuss her book titled Bounce. Donna is co-founder of Summit Wellness Centers, located in Asheville, North Carolina. Donna is the author of numerous books, and her, she also has blogs, devotions, and articles, which have frequently been shared in various media outlets. Additionally, she has been featured on radio, broadcast, and podcast across America. A member of the American Association of Christian Counselors, Donna has been providing individuals and families the hope and help they need for over 25 years as a licensed clinical mental health counselor, supervisor, and board-certified professional Christian counselor. As a special bonus at the end of today's show, we'll be giving away copies of Donna's books. So listen to the end of the podcast to learn how to get your copy. So welcome, Donna. It's a pleasure to have you joining us today. Thank you, Anne. It's an honor to be here. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I think we're going to have a really good and fun conversation um, and about your book that you've written called Bounce. And um, as you are aware, everyone in life, um, like, like it says in your book, has many setbacks. And life can be really difficult and even challenging at times. There are so many disappointments and heartbreaks and challenges that come, and come our way in our world today. And even since we've had this post-COVID dynamic that we've all been in, we've had depression, anxiety, really have been at all-time highs. And we're seeing, we're even seeing that here at Peace mm-hmm. Restored. I know you're probably seeing that. Um, in North Carolina, in your practice mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, I, and I'm not sure how long you've been doing this work, but I've been at it for two and a half decades. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like what we're seeing yeah. right now. Um, and so, it, and that's a nationwide experience. Certainly mm-hmm. for our practice, we're seeing waiting lists and just the influx of people who are, mm-hmm wanting help, needing help, mm-hmm. um, and feeling safe enough now to access help, yes. but, but take getting everyone taken care of is quite a challenge right now, as you well know. It is, it is it's such a challenge. Like you said, the numbers are really high and we're seeing, you know, reports are showing us through, um, like, um, reporting agencies such as like Gallup has told us that in the U S right now, one in six adults are mm-hmm. showing that they're depressed. Um, and nearly three out of every 10 adults have been cl- clinically diagnosed with depression at some point in their life. And those numbers can feel really kind of overwhelming just for the average person if they haven't experienced depression or anxiety. Mm-hmm. But for those, who have, uh, for those who have, it can maybe feel a little bit normalizing for them. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. as, you, as mm-hmm. you stated, you've really worked with clients over the last couple of decades working in the area of resiliency and teaching them how to bounce back. Would you mind kind of sharing a little bit with our audience of why you decided to write this book? Yeah, well, it's very much related to kind of how we started the conversation and what we're just seeing nationwide. I I think of those numbers that you just shared, and really, I think they're a very conservative estimate of, Mm -hmm. of what's happening, because really, I think most everyone has experienced some mental health symptoms in these past few years. Um, And so as a practice, as we are praying through, um, you know, in the last few years, how 
how do we respond? God, what is mm-hmm. our role here? One of the things that I felt God impressing is that we have to adjust how we're doing things mm-hmm. and provide resources, just like what you're doing and with a podcast mm-hmm. resources yeah. that will help more than one person at a time. Yes. And yeah. so that, that prayer and God's leading is where this particular resource bounce was birthed. Oh. That's, that's really amazing. It's, and it can be a little intimidating or scary to step out in faith and do those things that feel really big. Um, I imagine this process of writing mm-hmm. a book wasn't um, something that you stepped in lightly. Um, as I was kind of thumbing mm-hmm. through the book and reading through it, there, you have so much content that's rich and deep and goes into so many different areas for people who do struggle or have um, mm-hmm. experienced uh, anxiety or depression. So I love that, like you said, you're trying to create different resources um, for people to be able to utilize because not everybody can get into see a mental health professional right now. And those numbers are very staggering. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So Donna, in your book, like I just mentioned, you do cover a wide variety of topics. Can you share with with us um, some of the some maybe some of your favorite topics or topics that come up most in your practice? Uh, well, you know, anxiety and depression, we think of those like the common cold. Um, so mm-hmm. we certainly see that every day in our practice. And there's a, a lot of that focus in this devotional as well. But if we're just thinking, you know, what are some of the other things that we're seeing every day in our practice? Um, marriage, lots of marriage counseling because people are wrestling in their relationships. We're seeing um, lots of eating disorders, um, mm-hmm. lots of trauma, transitions of life, sexual addictions or addictions mm-hmm. otherwise. I mean, it's, we're living in a stressed out world and mm-hmm. um, people are trying to cope. And oftentimes our way mm-hmm. of coping actually creates more problems and prevents yes. our resilience. So, um, so these are the kind of things that we're seeing, but these are the kinds of things that people are seeing nationwide. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It is a nationwide um, epidemic, if you will, of needs in our communities, right? Uh, of needing ways to be able to work right. together, to be able to have, uh, I, I love that you talk about coping, because I think coping is uh, a mm-hmm. huge uh, skill that we all need to be able to learn more about and how can we implement coping skills. Um, it's something that we uh, mm-hmm. spend time teaching our clients about as well. So, and um, we just did a podcast a couple weeks ago on that, talking about coping and journaling and the value of that. And I know you have a whole section in your book on that as well. But as someone kind of reads through your book, is there kind of is there something that you're hoping that they're that a reader will take away? Uh, the word you just said, hope. That's that's my hope that someone will take away hope. Um, we know that hope is a person. And so, you know, my prayer is that they do walk through this journey and um, that they have more intimacy with Christ as a result of it. But also just as a whole person that they can walk through this and, and feel some hope. I also think important important part of this is just being able to normalize some symptoms that people may be having. Um, You know, as we think through these last few years, as I said, most everyone has experienced some symptoms, 
But if they've never had mental health symptoms before in their life, they don't actually always know what that is. They can't necessarily put a name to what they're feeling or experiencing. So that's part of my hope that we can normalize some symptoms. Um, I also think of mental health symptoms oftentimes on a continuum, you know, and so um, my prayer is that some of their symptoms may turn down as a result of this. Um, and then just that relationship with God, because this is a spiritual, it is a true devotional. And so that spiritual focus is a, a significant piece of it so that they would be able to grow spiritually. Um, and, I, you know, with the focus being bounce and resilience, I, when I think of a devotional, it creates the opportunity for a rhythm, a daily rhythm. And a, as I think of it, a rhythm of resilience in this way, because every day is structured such that it provides some tools, it provides some spiritual exploration, it provides some counseling types of questions to be pondering. Some of the some of the um, contemplative stages at each entry are kind of like the questions that you and I would be asking in the middle of a counseling session. Um, so <clears throat> my prayer is that all of that combined will help a reader develop have a rhythm of resilience so that they can better understand their symptoms. They can grab hold of some new tools that they've not experienced before. Mm -hmm. So that's the hope. That is great. I love that your focus is hope. Cause like you said, we all know that there is a person mm -hmm. that provides hope and without hope, especially I think oh, in yeah. the last couple of years, we've all fallen into many have fallen into a state of, is there hope? Is there something to cling on to? Is there something that we can um, look look forward to? And so hope is powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then I, and we yes. definitely also need to be able to normalize, right? Normalize um, our experiences, normalize mental health and normalize um, that struggling is part of the world we live in. That's something that we're promised, right? We're promised that we are going to struggle in this world. Mm -hmm. Yes, but see that that too is so important because we we live in a culture of mm -hmm. comfort, and yes. because of that, I mean, so much. If you if you just think of the economy and what what pushes the economy, so much of that is just our comfort. And so when we've lived in that bubble, then when we begin to experience some distress, we don't have very much tolerance for it. Um, so that that ends up creating a lot of the struggles that we experience. So being able to, to normalize not just the symptoms that we might be having in terms of mental health, but also normalizing trials of life, normalizing those circumstances when things don't go exactly like you want, when there has a loss of life, a betrayal in a relationship. You, you know, we go back to Ecclesiastes, right, with Solomon, who really pretty much laid it out. Hey, there's a time, there's a season for all kinds of things. And those don't just include the wonderful, joyful, happy things that we just want to talk about on social media. Yeah, that's true. The shiny, kind of the shiny picture that we want to put on social media may be mm -hmm. way different from what life really is like. And to be able to say it is okay to not be okay. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I think if there's one thing that m many of us have learned over the last couple of years is just what you said is that life doesn't always go as we expect. 
sometimes we have to be able to take a pause and to be able to accept the hard or even the change that's coming our way and to be able to pivot and grow with that. Mm -hmm. That sounds like something that really you are helping your readers through this book of bounce to be able to sit back in that space and be able to say, how can I um, be able to normalize some of this difficulty that I'm going through? Not that we want difficulty to be an everyday experience is what, what I'm hearing, but it's, it's to be able to normalize some of the things that we feel so that way when life doesn't go as we expect, we can process through that and find a good way to cope and to manage. Mm -hmm. And as your book says, to be able mm -hmm. to bounce back. Yep, I agree wholeheartedly. A lot of what you're describing is resilience and yes. just being able to move through our struggles versus using coping skills that would allow us to escape our struggles or numb mm -hmm. in them. So, yeah, that's, that's good. good. Thanks. So as we're talking about your book, one of the ones, one of the things I'm curious about, Donna, you could have easily taken the topics that you've written about in the resiliency and coping and all these other categories that you've covered and put it in a different format, but you've chosen to write that in a format of a devotional. Would you like to expand on why, um, why you wrote yeah. it as a devotional? And then I'd also be curious at the same time, if you'd be able to expand on, is this book written for only for people of faith? So if you could kind of cover those two, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, I'll cover both of those. So um, I've been studying resilience for a number of years now. and in, in fact, wrote a book that is in a different format, as you described, um, probably about six years ago um, called Becoming Resilient. And um, but in the last few years, it's just become more and more obvious to me that when we're going through a challenging season of life, it's really difficult for us to concentrate. It's difficult for us to read through a long piece. We really do better in processing with bite-sized chunks. And a devotional is that in its nature. Um, even more importantly, though, when I think of resilience, I go back to the author of resilience. Jesus is the author of the resilience. Um, it's a picture of resilience. And so as we grow closer to him, that provides a foundation for resilience. So what better way to do that than through a true devotional? This is a, It is a true devotional in a conversational style, but it is different as well because it's very strategic for whole person care because there there is more than just our spiritual growth. We also have to address physical symptoms or emotional symptoms, mental symptoms and our thoughts, um, relationships. So it's a whole person approach, but very much a true devotional so that I, I mentioned before that phrase, a rhythm of resilience, it gives mm -hmm. us the opportunity for that because we're just doing one day at a time over a series of 60 days rather than sitting down with a, a longer book that we could read over a weekend. Mm. Um, we really want to have more interaction with it than mm -hmm. that. And yeah. the, the time to practice some homework assignments yes. and some yes. processing things in the midst yeah. of it. I I love what you keep talking about with that rhythm of resilience because that is so important mm -hmm. to know how to have that regular rhythm 
Because we can either have a rhythm of resilience or we can have a rhythm of something else, right? And so that other can be the thing mm -hmm. that kind of keeps us stuck. And so to be able to pivot whatever rhythm we have into something more positive that helps us have a growth-minded moving us forward. So, and I love that you were able to write this book and use it as a, like you said, put it in a devotional format because it does break it down into um, into smaller um, pieces to where you can really take some time to really think about the different aspects or the different areas that you that are more personal to the to each person because some topics. I would imagine as you're as a as a reader is reading through this book, some are going to speak to them in a more profound way than it might speak to someone else. And so to be able to right. to be able to take time in those areas individually will be such a gift for many. And you know, Anne, you also asked, and I failed to answer that, but you asked, but is this just for someone of faith? And mm -hmm. no. It is not. I, I mean, obviously, with full transparency, it will certainly expose you to yes. the potential of a relationship with God. Um, mm -hmm. But no, it doesn't have to just be in that. And and I'm also aware, as you know, that when we're when we're going through a difficult time, we wrestle in our faith. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe we've we've been strong in our faith before, but there's some some situations of life that can just throw you to the ground and and you're back to your basics and you're just wrestling. And oftentimes we will struggle with God's power or his care and we'll wrestle mm -hmm. with some doubts and all of that. Yes. And so so wherever you are in that journey of faith, um, this is going to be an appropriate safe place for yes. you. Yeah, I love the idea of it being a safe place, Donna, because it, it's a way for people to take this book and they can be able to sit in the comfort of their home because maybe uh, you might be a person that isn't quite sure where you are in, the, in your faith journey. Maybe you don't know if you have a faith journey. Maybe you have lots of questions in that. But you could take this mm -hmm. book and mm -hmm. be able to sit in the comfort of your home and just start to read through it, mm -hmm. start to process, start to yes. answer and ask good questions. Because yes. sometimes mm -hmm. taking that mm -hmm. first initial step is scary. Mm -hmm. But this mm -hmm. can be in a place that's comforting to you. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I love that. I love that idea of being able to just sit at home or maybe sit with a group of friends and read through this book together and be able to say, okay, let's, let's do a deep dive into some of these questions and figure out where do I stand? What do I think? How do I feel about these different mm -hmm. areas? Right. Right. So as we're continuing to talk through this, talk through your book today, Donna, on bounce and how resiliency is really um, an, a journey, something that we can do and something that we can process through. Uh, um, I'm thinking of in your book, there are, there's a kind of a, a, quote that comes up or a theme that's repetitious throughout your book. And it talks about how thoughts lead to emotions, which lead to behaviors. And that seems to be something that's pretty intentional in your book. Can you really elaborate a little bit more on that for me? Yeah, I can. Um, I think of that as the golden thread. And that is very intentional. Um, because so much of our resilience is what can't be seen or felt or touched. And it's in our thoughts. Um, so cognitive behavior therapy, as you know, is um, 
considered through research to be very effective in approaching various mental health challenges. Um, and the concept of that is just being able to dissect our thoughts to understand how they impact our emotional responses and then also how they drive our behaviors and our choices. Um, so our thoughts matter. I call it the most important conversation no one ever heard because we don't necessarily speak out loud the thoughts that we're having, but they can be very healthy or they can be very destructive. Um, but they have so much power in how we maneuver through hard seasons of life. So, yes, there's a subtle dose, um, not not always um, to be able to be noticed by the naked eye in the devotional, but certainly clinicians like yourself are going to notice that it's there and it's there very intentionally. And it's biblical. You know, God has not just suggested, but commanded that we take our thoughts captive. And that is because there's so much power in that. So that's, that's part of developing, part of developing that rhythm of resilience is addressing our thoughts, getting our thoughts into a rhythm that is healthier. And we know that that word neuroplasticity, just the fact that the brain can change. And when you begin to change the brain, wow, then you change a lot of things. You know, your your mental health symptoms adjust, your relationships respond differently. And so it's, it's a powerful, very intentional golden thread there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I love that God made our brains in such a way, as you said, with the neuroplasticity that our brain can change. It's not, um, there is a fear, I think, for so many that once I've been through a certain experience or I think a certain way or behave a certain mm-hmm. way, I'm stuck there. That's who I am. Right. But that's, that isn't true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, such a common thought, though, and a destructive mm-hmm. one that I am who I am. I cannot change. Yes. Um, and our circumstances don't prevent us from changing. It's that thought process that so powerfully paralyzes. It is. It is because, like you mentioned, our thoughts do really dictate how we behave, how we respond, how we even interact in a daily um, experience. If our thoughts can control so much, and we have to be really careful um, to really take those thoughts captive, because if we don't, Uh, we're going to be, our thoughts are going to be controlling us instead of the other way around. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Well, Don, as we're continuing our conversation, can you just tell me a little bit about why you think it's important that people learn how to cope and realize their own, their own resiliency? Yeah, I think so often that resilience just boils down to coping skills. Uh, Sometimes I think we even overthink resilience. Um, It just basically means that we can keep moving through a difficult season of life and not get stuck. Um, But oftentimes, too, when I look at what's the difference between someone who gets stuck at a point of pain versus someone who moves through that suffering um, or that struggle, that trial of life, that adjustment, and they end up thriving. What's the difference? And, and while it's not just as simple as what I'm describing, just coping skills, much of it really is. It's just the difference. And what are the coping skills that they're using? And we all use coping skills every single day. But the question is, are they healthy ones? 
Um, and with resilience, even the word, we've always thought of that phrase bounce back. We've used it some even in our time together today. Um, but we used to think of resilience as like, like you think of a rubber band and it stretches and then when it snaps back, that's what resilience is, that it can just snap back to the way things were. And I'm just not sure that's a really accurate de description of true resilience in the way that we experience it in life. Um, because there's some things that we encounter, some necessary endings of life, some trials of life, some losses of, of life, and things aren't going to be the same. They are going to be different. And we grieve much of that. But then in some ways, there's some situations we don't want to bounce back to way things were. That would just take us right back to the where things are, you know? So I think instead of bounce back, I think bounce forward. And rather than a rubber band, I think of a bouncy ball. Like when you think of throwing a bouncy ball to the ground, it it doesn't just bounce back to where it started. It bounces beyond it, almost defying gravity. Um, and so when I when I think of those clients that I have sat across from, and I think of those who have really traveled well through hard, hard spaces. I, I think of them, they've bounced forward because they didn't go back to the way things were, but they used the coping skills that took them forward. And when I think of the coping skills, the coping skills that we use to bounce back, to try to almost achieve some homeostasis back the way things were, those are generally the coping skills that numb us, that help us to escape, that try to distract us. And those are the very coping skills that will stop our development, stop our growth. Um, and so in bounce, we're going to be looking at what are our healthy options? Like we can't escape the discomfort. We're going to feel some of the distress, but how do we cope in a healthy way through that so that we can come out at a place that is actually better, different, but in many ways better than before, which takes me to Isaiah. I want to say it's chapter 43, maybe in the verses 16, 17, 18, 19, somewhere in that area. And, and it's God speaking. He says, forget the former things, forget the way things were, which we can't physically amnesia do, but forget the former things. See, I am doing a new thing. And then he goes on to describe what looks like the impossible, you know, rivers in the wasteland. But he poses the question, but are you going to miss it? Because if we spend all of our time trying to bounce back to the way things were and we use those coping skills to do that, we never actually move beyond the point of pain. We never get to see the impossible that God can do through our storms, through our trials of life. But it's this in-between piece right here where we have to just sit with him in some of the distress, acknowledge some of the pain, feel it, but grow through it to a place that really becomes a, a beautiful place that only he could take us to. Yeah, that's really good. It was a long answer to your question. No, but <laughs> I think that's, I think it was great. It was a really good answer because we do need to be able to, I love the analogy between bouncing back and versus bouncing forward, right? Be able to grow forward because we do need to be able to grow through our experiences. So when we do, that's when we, you know, a lot of times out of mm -hmm. our pain is where we have our biggest growth. 
And um, when, as we're going mm-hmm. through that, we are hopefully being either projected or bouncing forward, as it says in your book, right? And so having that as an option is mm-hmm. huge for us in our growth to be able to see where God's going to take us mm-hmm. and see what he can take us through. As you were talking, Donna, I was kind of laughing inside of my own self as I was thinking through at what you're talking about re- with resiliency and just kind of resiliency also makes me think of perseverance. The reason why I'm laughing through is just thinking about all that you and I have gone through today and preparing for our podcast today. Because I know the (laughs) listeners, when they're going to hear this podcast, they're not going to see all the things that's happened. But we've had to practice our own resiliency today and, and, and be able to persevere and to be able to get to the place of doing this podcast. Because there's been a lot of we'll say behind the scene things that have been fighting against us just to get this done today. And um, it's taking us much longer than what it normally would just to do the podcast that we're doing today. So I, I, I was thinking, man, this is, this is kind of a really good life example that we're walking through live with our audience today. You are exactly right. Yes. That didn't get lost on my on me either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I thought, well, you know, um, sometimes we have to practice the things that we're, we are, as they say, practice what you preach, right? And so we need to practice what it says in your mm-hmm. book is learning how to bounce forward. And um, sometimes, and our audience might pick it up yeah. and today in our, when they're listening to this, and it might feel a little bit different than a normal podcast that we do. And that's okay because we are persevering together to not only to mm-hmm. to um, talk about the topic, but also to show our audience that sometimes it's okay to sit in the uncomfortable. And sometimes it's okay to mm-hmm. have to do yeah. things that feel uncomfortable and feel awkward because we're having technology issues or and all these other things in the background. Sometimes we just got to do the work. Right. And when we do right. the work, at the end comes a beautiful result. That's right. That is right. Yeah. So as we're continuing to talk about balance, one of the other things that I'm kind of wondering about that comes up in your book um, is when someone is having a rough day, maybe a triggering event, or even some uncertainty, um, you know, and and again, as I think about the rough day, I'm thinking about the day we've been having together. um, It can be a little unsettling, just as it it was a little unsettling for us to kind of get started today. Um, It if, would you share with us a few techniques or ways that you might help that you suggest in your book or that you suggest um, when you're working with individuals to help get in the, to help them to recenter? Yeah, I'll just I'll share something just really basic, um, something sure. really basic that I used today as we're doing okay. this, right? <laughs> um, and and that is um, just reminding reminding ourselves that we're safe and that's assuming that you're not in an emergency um and just asking yourself am i safe am i in an emergency um and that seems like such a ridiculous thing to do or so just too simple right but what happens behind the scenes is so essential because when we since we talked about thoughts matter so when we ask ourselves am I safe? Or we remind ourselves, I am safe. It sends a message to the body 
to the sympathetic nervous system to calm down because actually everything's going to be just fine, you know? And so that sends the message into the parasympathetic nervous system that truly does calm down some of the physical symptoms that we may experience if we hit a wall in life, if we face a disappointment in life, or in our case, if we face a situation where we're having to pivot platforms and face all kinds of technology things and just being able to say, okay, this is, this is just life, this side of heaven, but I'm safe. This is going to be fine. We'll get there. Um, and that's actually just a picture of what we have to do in other aspects of our life when we face something challenging. And so our, our brains, our bodies don't know the difference sometimes between a catastrophic thought and a catastrophic true life event. So we have to make sure that our thoughts are aligned with truth and are not hypervigilant in areas where it's not required. And then breathing, such a simple thing. But, but when we get a little stressed or when we go through a storm of life, our breathing has a tendency to become shallow and we don't even realize it. And that's why we say resilience is a whole person experience. Um, and so we want to be aware of our breathing and just taking a deeper breath, not an uncomfortable deep breath, but just making sure we're deep, you know, not the shallow breathing. Um, just two, two simple things there, but they certainly apply to everyday life, just like recording your podcast or whatever some of your listeners might be dealing with right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I, I love the idea of taking those deep breaths, because when we do that, it, it forces us to slow down, to go at a slower pace, because mm -hmm. often when we're feeling that anxiety, um, we want to move quicker, or we feel like we have to pick up everything or do a lot. Um, that can be the tendency of many, not all. And um, so sometimes just regulating our breath can give us that sense of calm because we're forced to slow down, right? Um, I will say a lot of our audience that listens, uh, many of, because of what we deal with here at Peace Restored is a lot of trauma-focused care. And so many of our audiences sure. do have some higher levels of anxiety or some deep traumas. And I love that you mentioned in there that um, not you didn't minimize, like if, if this is a bigger traumatic or triggering event that you're going through, they may need some deeper work or need to go and talk to, some, uh, talk to a professional yeah. or have someone help them proce process through that. But I do think that there's ways that we can supplement yeah. that care, even if they can't get to that professional. You know, as, as we're talking about that, asking, asking myself, am I safe? Um, I also, most of my work is in trauma work, um, working across from people who have experienced unthinkable pain, um, undeserved tragedy, uh, um, really just horrific situations many times. And so there are triggers. There are sometimes a smell or a song or a place or it, something that you see that triggers something in that deep, deep place in the amygdala and puts you in a state of fight or flight. That is why that, that tool of asking yourself, am I safe right now? 
because maybe that trigger took me to a place where I wasn't safe then, but am I safe right now? And, and that's important to be reminding our, ourselves. And I call it, it's a very short window. We call it a three second window of sanity. It's a very short window of time to be able to evaluate that. But it's so, so important and grounding, particularly for those who have some history of trauma. Yeah. Yeah, I always, it sounds like just like you, I always like to talk to clients and say, as soon as you begin to feel that feeling, it's time to start recognizing and processing through that and ask those cool, good questions. Like like you're saying, am I safe? It's a, like like you were indicated, a three second or really short window of time to be able to start processing mm-hmm. through that. We need to do it quickly so we can begin to recalibrate or recenter mm-hmm. ourselves so we can be in a place to where where we can from that experience be able to bounce forward. That's right. That's right. So Donna, as we're continuing to talk, I'm thinking about the person that maybe um, doesn't struggle with anxiety or depression. Maybe they've been listening to this podcast today and they're like, that's not my story. I don't have any anxiety, depression. I really don't, you know, I, I feel pretty safe in my world, but maybe they have friends and family members who do. Um, they might feel a little uncertain of how to um, address that topic with friends or family. They could feel a little uh, Mm -hmm. challenging or maybe like it's not their place to do so. Um, What would you suggest of how they might direct someone that is in this situation? Sure, sure. Um, Well, one, you know, some gratitude that they're in a season where they're not experiencing some of these symptoms. Um, but also just normalizing if they've got a loved one who is um, just normalizing how common that is. Um, and always encourage family members or friends that it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to even lean in. Um, let's not ignore it. It doesn't make it go away. And though it might be a little uncomfortable, we might feel a little rusty even having some of the conversations, just being able to check in. But the check-in just, it doesn't have to be so intimidating. It can be, hey, can I pray for you today? Um, Hey, would you like to, I mean, this is something like Bounce or some other resource. Would you like to go through this devotional together and we can talk about it? Or um, how about we go for a walk today? Or you've got a counseling appointment coming up. Would you like me to ride with you? Um, You know, it's just some of that coming alongside we have the ministry of presence, which sometimes may mean that you just sit beside someone and you don't even say a word. I mean, we go back to Job, who was going through such horror. And the first seven days that his friends came along, they did not say a word. And that was probably their finest hour. <laughs> you know. So that, that ministry of presence, if that's all that you're comfortable with, then, then do that. Because oftentimes when someone's going through a hard season, people retreat from them because they don't know what to say or what to do. They're afraid of making things wor- worse. Um, but but just, just your presence there yeah, means more so than huge. anything. Yeah, it's, it is. It's, it's huge just to be present with someone. And like you said, you don't have to have the right words to say. You don't have the right act. You don't have to have the right activities, um, but you just need to be present because there is power in just being present with someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, Donna, it has been such a pleasure to get to know you today and chat with you about your book, Bounce. Um, it's been amazing. I really love um, the topic of your book and just all the content that we've been talking today. I think it's going to be a wonderful resource for many. Um, could you tell us before we end today, Donna, where um, our audience might be able to purchase your books? Sure. Um, hopefully by the time this is broadcast, you will be able to find Bounce anywhere books are sold. Um, I can assure you that you can find it through AACC. That is the American Association of Christian Counselors, for those who mm -hmm. might not be familiar. Um, and you can find that online at aacc.net backslash store. And you'll see Bounce as the first resource there. Um, but again, um, by the time this is broadcast, mm -hmm. you should be able to find it anywhere mm -hmm. a book is sold. Donna, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for inviting me. It was a joy, and it's great to meet you, Anne. As promised at the top of today's show, we'll be giving away some of Donna's books entitled Bounce. If you'd like to be in the drawing for the book, we'd like you to text the word BOUNCE in your full name to 317-361-5281. Thank you for joining us today. If you have missed any of the previous podcasts, please check them out on any of our podcast platforms. In the meantime, if you'd like to learn more about us, go to our website at peacerestore.net. And don't forget to check out our show notes where you'll be able to find links and additional content. As we wrap our, up our discussion today, make sure to stay tuned as we will continue to share with you practical ways where you too can seek healing and find hope. Join us on our next podcast where we, will, where we will continue to discuss mental health and faith. So come back next time for transformation, growth, and power. This is Peace Restored.